Hello and welcome to the show that we really hope writes itself today, because we certainly haven't done it. 2017 is drawing to a close. We've crossed the Football League meridian and today we'll review the state of play. Who's going up? Who's going down? And who might just surprise a few people? Matt Stanger had his headphones on where they locked up Jazz FM for Christmas. He sustained himself for five days on uneaten calendar chocolate and by licking the condensation off the windows. But surviving today's show will be his greatest challenge. William Hill's Joe Crilly is here to assess our predictions. We'll have a bit of fan league too. So settle yourselves in for the great Christmas muddle through and pretend that you planned a predictions episode all along. Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Hello, everybody. Matt. Hello. Matt, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Had a great Christmas. <laughs> what, did you, what did you get? What's your favourite present? The pony. An actual pony? Yeah, I've been asking for it since I was eight oh, years old. It finally came. The dream. The dream came. Joe Crilly from William Hill is here. Hello. Did you get a pony? Uh, no, I didn't, sadly. Oh, well, you missed out. I got, I got a, a, a hat that makes me look like Peaky Blinders. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too shabby at I'm all. I'm getting quite a few looks in the street, I have to say. <laughs> We've got a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Thank you so much, dear listener, for all your feedback on the show. We did ask you what you wanted to stay and what you wanted to go, and we've made appropriate changes. Uh, Producer Ben, uh, this is your last show. We listened to the people. They judged. Um, no, Producer Ben is moving off to do uh, Galazzo, the totally Italian football show, which will start in mid-January. Um, and at the risk of having blue smoke pour out of his ears, uh, we've... Uh, We've let him off this. So we'll be welcoming producer Tayo, Tayo Papula, uh, who has worked for lots of very, very good people. He'll be coming in to uh, to take the wheel. And as we go through until the end of the season, we'll be joined on a semi-regular basis by Caroline Barker. That's good news, isn't it, Matt? It's great news, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, Caroline Barker will be in um, uh, contractually. It's pretty strict. It's whenever she can. Um, so we're going with that uh, when she isn't we're going to try and get Ali and George from Not The Top 20 in as well because they were brilliant too so we'll we'll have a, a little bit more of a kind of steady rhythm I think uh, as we go into 2018 there'll be a few little changes under the hood as well nothing major uh, we'll still do the club focus and we'll definitely keep the history bits um, but we might be a little bit more newsy a little more wide ranging a little more of a feeling that you, you're getting everything that's going on in the football league and speaking of which, it's time to have a look at the championship. What we're going to do is just weigh up, you know, what we thought at the beginning, what we think now, and then we'll get Joe to tell us if we're drunk or not. Um, Matt, let's let's start at the top. There's no question really over where the title's going, is there? No, definitely not. Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, flying at the moment at the top of the table, eight points clear of Bristol City and uh, Cardiff. And we knew at the start of the season with the investment that they made that they were going to be up there. And and a lot of the players that they brought in have performed brilliantly. Bonatini. Did we, though? Did we? Because lots of people were saying, oh, you know, get to November, December, and they'll start falling away. They won't have the right temperament for it. Um, but they've, they've kind of proved everyone wrong, haven't they? Yeah, not as Ian, though. We, we knew, didn't we? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no one go back through the early shows and find out. Um, their form is brilliant at the moment. Four wins, two draws from the last six. And, and in a weird kind of way, that, that, that almost seems disappointing because they did draw to Sunderland and Millwall. But that's still fantastic form for, for this stage of the season. Joe, over at William Hill, was, was there a lot of early money on Wolves? No, not particularly. Yeah, um, see, I told you. If, if, you'd, if you'd gone back and, and were fortunate enough to have, have placed a bet on them winning 
the title at the start of the season. You got it around about 11 to 1, 12 to 1. That was the price that was generally available. Uh, so, I mean, the, the fact that you could get double figures for them is quite astounding. I think Villa were the favourites, uh, given their activity in the summer. Um, and and Borough as well uh, yeah. were quite well fancied. Uh, but, I mean, Wolves, they were towards the top of the betting, but certainly not... Uh, massively popular with the punters. Yeah, I've got to say Villa was my tip. Can you remember yours, Matt? Uh, I think it was Wolves. No, oh, <laughs> of course. I guess 11 to, uh, no way of finding out. 11 or 12 to 1 is about the same uh, for England to win the World Cup, so yeah, that really does rank them as outsiders. <laughs> uh, of course, someone's going to have to go up with Wolves. Uh, are we? Do you think we're hexing them enough by just assuming that they're already going? I mean, they are 17 points clear of Middlesbrough in 7th. Yeah, they have been beaten already this season. Only, they only drew with Millwall 2-2 two, two the other day, but very difficult place to go to Den. And I think they will have slip-ups along the way. People have talked about being the Manchester City of the Championship. And uh, I watched them actually the other day against Ipswich at Molyneux. And once they got in the lead, uh, it was just sort of sterile domination for the rest of the game. And I think they're a very efficient side, aren't they? They, they, they know what they need to do to get in front. And then once they do that, they don't really spend any more energy than they need to. Yeah, they're a bit Terminator, aren't they? They don't really have any discernible weak points. And if they want to shut a game down, they'll just shut it down and yeah. just grind out the points. And they don't commit a lot of men forward, really, into the box to support Bonatini. So when you've got those wide players like Costa and uh, Cavalier and, and Hotter, uh, you know, buzzing around the box, they don't necessarily have loads of support in the centre to, to try and finish teams off. So I think that's something they might look to work on. And as we all know, they're going to spend in January as well to make sure they oh, definitely gotcha. do go up. So. I honestly think if they were in the Premier League right now, now they'd be sort of thirteenth, fourteenth. They wouldn't be in any danger of relegation. I realise that the teams in thirteenth or fourteenth are in danger of relegation, but you know my point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, Bristol City, second place. Uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, are they going to sustain their promotion charge as well? And with their run in the EFL Cup, they've actually won. Uh, more games against Premier League sides than West Brom Swansea this season. <laughs> so, yeah, if you talk about the sides at the top of the Championship, I think uh, a couple of them could be battling in the bottom half of the Premier League pretty uh, pretty well. This might be a little illogical, but I don't think Bristol City will stay up there in the top two. I think they're going to get a little bit distracted by the League Cup. Um, I'm not sure their squad's quite big enough. I mean, they have been brilliant. Five wins in the last six for them, um, deservedly up in in second. But I can't see them hanging on, and I can't see Cardiff hanging on, because I've never really thought Cardiff had it. But Derby County, on the other hand, when you watch them in full flow, they are up to fourth now, four wins in the last five. I could see them taking second. Yeah, I'm with you on that, definitely. Um, four wins in five, like you say, and, and ten wins in 14. And I think the biggest thing for Derby is they've got a great manager, Guy Rowett, um, who was you know, so unceremoniously binned off by Birmingham last season. What a mistake that's proven to be for them. But it's the experience in that side. They've got Curtis Davis, Tom Huddleston, Joe Ledley with that great record of, uh, I think they've uh, failed to lose in any game he's played so far. Bradley Johnson, David Nugent, who's uh, done it all before as well with Leicester. And, uh, and Vitria is in form as well. So I think they've got a nice blend there, really. And uh, the second best defence in, in the league after Wolves as well. And they really do look in form at the moment. Looking down the, um, the, the rest of the table, I mean, Leeds, five wins in six. Uh, I remember you and James Brown having a disagreement a few weeks ago about whether they were over their wobble. You're going to have to accept they're over their wobble now, aren't you? Oh, they're over the wobble, yeah, definitely. I, I still don't think they'll, they'll go up, to be honest. Um, I mean, they've won by a single goal in the last three matches. And... I watched them against Burton uh, the other day and I still think they don't really have the firepower to to, to mount 
uh, you know, convincing challenge, especially not to break into the top two. Uh, Kamar Roof, uh, he's been playing centre forward uh, since Lasaga's fitness problems, and he scored a hat trick away at QPR in a great performance, and uh, he scored the winner at Burton thanks to a brilliant pass from Ronaldo Vieira, who uh, who really does look like a, a, a brilliant prospect. But uh, I think it's a bit of a fudge playing him centre forward, and if they don't fix that position in January, I, I think we could see them drop out of the playoffs again. Looking further down the table, is there anyone you can see powering up? Uh, someone who's sort of seventh and below who could actually sneak in through the playoffs? Well, that's Aston Villa now, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're still outside. And uh, another side like Leeds that have struggled with centre-forward this season. Codger's still uh, struggling with his ankle injury. Um, we've got Scott Hogan as well, who's never really found form since he moved to Villa from Brentford. He relied very heavily on Albert Adoma this year for goals. Uh, he's got 11 so far. And then you've got 19-year-old Keenan Davis, who's been playing as a target man for them, but, but he's only found the net twice. So it's five games about a win for Steve Bruce's side. And you do wonder, really, if, uh, if they have everything they need to, to get back into the playoffs. I, I think, as a surprise pick, I, I would still look at Brentford. I mean, whenever I've seen them play to the very best of their ability this season, they've been absolutely fantastic to watch. And they've picked up back-to-back wins as well over Norwich and Aston Villa, which is, which is two great results. And I just think that they could get a little bit of momentum if they can break out this pattern of drawing so many games. Is there anyone you can see tumbling into the relegation zone who seems safe at the moment? You know, if Sheffield Wednesday got their appointment wrong, could they drop down? Could Norwich, who don't seem particularly happy, um, the audible shouts of Delia out um, in, their, in their last game? No, I think really the bottom five is probably going to be the, the bottom five for the rest of the season, to, to be honest. I think there's quite a bit of a gap between Norwich and Sunderland. I think Norwich, you know, they're not going to make it into the playoffs this year, but I think they, they're going to always win one out of three or one out of four and just do enough to uh, to stay around mid-table. QPR, there was a lot of talk about Ian Holloway's position and whether he was going to make it to the end of the season. I think if they got rid of him at this stage, it would be a big mistake because that, that upheaval could, could see them uh, plummet. But I think their home form is always pretty solid. We know they beat Sheffield United and Wolves at home and they played well in those matches. So I think really you look at the, the bottom five and Barnsley's form has been abysmal mm. <laughs> recently, a long time since they, they last won. Burton picked up back-to-back wins recently, but then you know the, the bottom three, we've got Bolton. We, we, we've seen that they can put a run of form together and, and Sunderland with Chris Coleman as well. So I think Bolton will be fine. I think from the absence of any evidence, I still think Sunderland will just about scramble out I think Birmingham are doomed. I'd love to be proved wrong about Burton, um, and I can see Barnsley, you know, in the you know the takeover, maybe focus slips, maybe they make a sudden change and bring in a new man. You just don't know with brand new owners what kind of things they're going to get up to. Um, so I could see Barnsley going down. Um, so for me, Birmingham, Burton, Barnsley for you. I'm going for Burton, Bolton, and Birmingham. All the bees, Joe. Let's talk numbers. Um, let's let's go from the bottom up. Birmingham to get relegated. I mean, you can't even be taking bets on that anymore, can you? Well, there are only a couple of points uh, away from safety. I mean, they have been in terrible, terrible form um, in in recent weeks, but they aren't actually favourites to go down. Who is? Uh, Burton. Yeah. Uh, Burton Albion at uh, four to one on. Uh, then sadly Bolton Wanderers at uh, four to eleven, and then Birmingham at one to two. So you've got three teams there at odds on. So certainly the three teams that our odds makers think are the uh, three most likely for the drop there. Barnsley, Barnsley just a shade of uh, odds against at thirteen to eight. Sunderland seven to four, and Hull uh, a quite a big price. Uh, I know you guys didn't really touch on them uh, in in 
uh, the case of them perhaps going down, uh, but only four points above the drop zone and six to one for relegation. So, I mean, if you're looking for a little bit of value, you, you might want to stick a quid on them. All right, let's uh, let's go back to the top. Matt's surprise shout is Brentford. What can you get on Brentford to go up to the Premier League? Which even as I'm saying it, sounds astonishing. <laughs> well, they have been threatening um, for a couple of seasons, haven't they? Um, and had a terrible start to the season when they were considered by quite a few as a dark horse at the start of the season. They're 10-1 to 1 for promotion. Uh, and I've, I've, there's certainly worse bets on there. Um, the likes of Sheffield United, who can't buy a win at the moment, they're 9-2. to 2, uh, So just uh, under half the price of Brentford. So, uh, yeah, a decent bit of value there. And the same price as Fulham as well. And as we go higher up the table, um, Matt, we didn't actually ask you your other promotion tip. Who are you going for? So, yeah, I think Wolves will win the league. I think Derby will sneak second. And then I actually think Middlesbrough will go up via the playoffs. Really? You're backing Pulis? Yeah, they're only three points off uh, sixth at the moment. And I just think Tony Pulis, great manager with so much experience. And he's been there and done it before. And I think there's enough in that squad, especially with British Ambalonga in form this season, uh, with 12 goals so far, that I, I think they'll do it. I th- I'm, I'm a big fan, but it's you know he's not been in this division for a long time. Can he drill those players quick enough over that kind of uh, schedule of games? And can he supply the goals? That's that's going to be the question, isn't it? Because he's he's they've already got an organised side in defence, and we know he's going to ensure that that continues. But yeah, going forward, but I just think Asombolonga is in decent form, and uh, they've got enough creative players there that if he can just sneak those one 0 wins for the rest of the season, they'll they'll definitely be up there. All right, we've got just about enough time to talk about Swansea's new manager, Matt. Did you see this one coming? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you see everything. I'd love to know what Ali's reaction is, because he really wasn't a big fan of Carlos Carvajal. Yeah, he? you generally don't expect managers who get bumped off midway down the second division to suddenly get a Premier League job. What's the thinking? It's it's an interesting one, because uh, this is probably the, the worst of the three seasons he's overseen at Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, they got into playoffs in the, the first two seasons that he was there, and, and this year they're down in mid-table, and the, the fans were talking about wanting, wanting rid of him for, for quite a long time as well and there were those bizarre press conferences that yeah. we've all seen that failed to inspire the team as well but I think Swansea sort of in a, a desperate situation weren't they? they you know they, they got rid of Paul Clement and he obviously did the job for them last season by, by keeping him up and they've just lost their way completely haven't they and I, I think it was just a reluctance to go to, for Tony Pulis uh, which really would be bearing the Swansea way once and for all. <laughs> uh, but there was this great quote that I read earlier today, actually, from Carlos Carvajal, where he basically suggests that as a teenage boy, he always knew it would be his destiny to manage Swansea. And I just think that that's a fantastic wow. tale that he's spun there. He's really, really hedged his bets as a kid there. Um, Sheffield Wednesday replacement, Joe. Uh, what's the market looking like? Uh, well, Steve McLaren is the favourite. Really? At one to three, yes. Uh, wow. Yorkshire, Yorkshire lad. Uh, going to a Yorkshire team. I don't know how excited the fans of Wednesday will get about that appointment. Probably slightly more excited than they would be if they appointed the second favourite, who is Gus Poyer at 5-2. to two. Uh, Current caretaker manager Lee Bullen, 8-1. to one. Third favourite. Obviously, uh, those are the prices now, but uh, lately, uh, or very recently, Steve McLaren has perhaps said that he wouldn't be interested. So those odds may change uh, relatively quickly. Surprised right. to see... Paul Hurst so low in the running for that job. I mean, he'd be a great appointment, surely, at this stage. Well, he, he, was, he was actually one of the, he was the favourite and the, the big market mover when the, the market was first 
released her, but he, the, the money seems to have dried up and uh, and maybe he just wants to see through this season with uh, with Shrewsbury. Maybe we're now getting to the point where the Championship, like the Premier League before it, is turning its nose up at lower league managers. Now the Championship is like, nope, absolutely not. Not having any of that. Um, when we come back after the break, we'll be looking at League One. Uh, we'll also have a bit of Fan League for you. Listeners, you like stats, and so do I. So have a bang on this one. 81% of men who try the Cornerstone Razor don't go back to their old one. I know. Find out more and get £10 off your first order and free delivery too at cornerstone.co.uk slash totally. Right, it's time for the Fan League. You know how to get hold of that. Search for Fan League in the App Store. Uh, you get a slip with 13 fixtures on, and all you do is predict home win, away win, or draw. It really is as simple as that. Get 10 out of 13 right, and you'll start winning money, which is something that Matt and I have singly failed to do all season long. Now, a lot of the games are Premier League, um, but you don't need any help on that. That's everywhere. Let's have a look at the games that are from the Championship. Uh, first one up is Birmingham-Leeds. Uh, Matt, surely that's a simple one. Yeah, I've been uh, dismissing Leeds for, for quite a long time now, but I, I, they're going to win this game, surely. Because that's, Yeah, that's a wave writ- win written all over it. Let's devote rather more time then to the rather more interesting game, which is Middlesbrough-Aston Villa. I'm going for Middlesbrough home win. Really? Pulis factor, new manager bounce. Yeah. And Villa, like I say, five games without a win now. Rotten run of form. Middlesbrough home win. It's worrying for Villa now. Do you think this is all going to fall apart and Steve Bruce is going to lose his job over this? Because they're now getting to the point in the season where if you're going to make a change, you're going to have to make it now. Tony Shear strikes me as quite an unpredictable character as well. So, yeah, who knows when he's going to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't personally. I'd hold faith and you know it's it's a very long season and he's the most experienced manager for that particular sort of job but of I course can... and they've got John Terry to come back as well and yeah. that'd be a big boost for I do fear for him a cracking game uh, coming up as well a 5.30 kickoff Bristol City Wolverhampton Wanderers suspect this will be a lot of people's first view of Wolves yeah definitely and uh, Lee Johnson was actually saying that Bristol City have got to do Wolves over for the league for the, for the good of the competition, really. So I think we we saw Bristol City beat Manchester United last week in the EFL Cup, a strong Manchester United side as well. And I think they could perhaps sneak this. You know, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip it. I'm going Bristol City win. I'm going draw. I should say for Middlesbrough Villa, I'll go draw as well. Um, what's next? Sheffield United Bolton. Right, we've got Joe here, um, so we're gonna have to protect his feelings a bit. Um, but I can't see Bolton winning that. Well, it's good that you got off that fence that you got for Christmas, Ian. <laughs> uh, Sheffield United, they, they got their win, their perfect Christmas present, a home game against Sunderland. Um, and they're surely back on track now. I mean, it's a shame for Sheffield United because I think if if you'd have said in August, oh, you'd be sick at Christmas, they'd be like, that's amazing. Um, right now, they'll feel a bit disappointed that they've gone that far down, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. But the uh, the loss of Paul Coots was a big blow for them, wasn't it? And uh, John Lundstrom, though, been playing well recently. I, I was uh, reading some thoughts of uh, Sheffield United fans after that game the other day when they beat Sunderland and they said he performed very well there. So it looks like he's settling into his role and they, they could stick around the playoffs. Good stuff. Sorry, Joe. Sheffield United to beat Bolton. Right, that's the Fan League. You can find it on the App Store. Search for Fan League and um, and you can, you can come play with us as well. Join the uh, Totally Football League League. Just search for my name and uh, we'll get you signed up for that.
now it's time for League One. Standout result, I think, of Boxing Day was uh, one of the early games, Southend beating Charlton 3-1. This is great. There's always a couple of teams who just don't turn up for Boxing Day, and I'm delighted that Cheltenham won. I was happily watching the tape. They were so slow to everything. It was um, it was brilliant. It was like getting a head start. Uh, how did Blackburn get on? We beat Rochdale 2-0. Nice. Another goal for Bradley Dack, so uh, still still sticking it out in uh, third place and just hoping that Shrewsbury slip up at some stage, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. They've recovered really nicely, haven't they? And getting a nil-nil against a Wigan side had scored 11 in two games beforehand. Um, I think that's a very, very good result for them. Massive result, definitely. And uh, They'd lost three out of four recently, but they've fought back with, with those three clean sheets and the wins against Blackpool and Portsmouth. And then, like you say, to go to Wigan, who beat... Oxford United 7-0 in the previous fixture and, and get a nil-nil draw there. Poor George. Do you know he was on a plane? George Ellick from the, uh, not, the, uh, not the Top 20 pod. Yeah, he tweeted saying that uh, he was at 30,000 feet and he'd just seen that the score was 6-0 and uh, I tweeted him back just to say, oh, j- just in case you missed it, it finished 7-0. And, <laughs> and when he landed, he said, thanks for that. So. <laughs> You're such a giver. That's yeah. what I like about you. Um, <laughs> Wigan and Shrewsbury to stay in those top two, do you think? No. Oh, I think Blackburn are going to get there eventually at some stage. I think Shrewsbury just, it's, it's about squad depth really and whether they can strengthen at all in, uh, in January. And they've struggled a little bit for goals recently. Stefan Payne's only on 2-11 now. And uh, I think Blackburn, just with the firepower they've got, they'll be able to, to break into those automatic spots. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep back in Shrewsbury. I think there's something about them that reminds me of the uh, great Southend United team um, that, that won League One a few years back. Everyone kept writing us off as well. And uh, so Shrewsbury are like our representatives for crap clubs everywhere. Um, I'd love to see them actually go on and do it. Um, however, the competition back there behind them is getting pretty stiff. Peterborough are back. Yeah, three successive victories, yeah. and we thought we, we were ready to write them off, weren't we? They'd slid right down the table and uh, back in the playoff spots, and they've got Jack Marriott, top scorer at the moment in the, in the division. Uh, obviously came from Luton, because if you want to find a goal scorer, that's where you go to. And uh, yeah, they, they, they look like they, they're going to be uh, around the playoffs again. I am keeping a very beady eye on Portsmouth at the moment, who were beaten by Shrewsbury over the Christmas period, um, but they have won four of the last five Um and Kenny Jackett seems to have found his groove there. Yeah, I watched Portsmouth recently uh, at Charlton. Obviously, when I was too sick to come into the pod then and report back on it. But uh, they played really well there and, and got the victory. And uh, Jamal Lowe, he looks like a really exciting winger that they, they picked up from non-league. So they're p- potential outsiders for, for a playoff spot. Um, below that, I'm not seeing much else. Uh, Charlton, they haven't won in, in a long time. Um, Oxford... I like Oxford. I think if I had a season ticket Oxford, I'd, I'd really enjoy it. You know, the 7-0 aside, because the football's so interesting. Um, but I, I think this is transitional season, and I can't see Southend doing it with the best will in the world. I think um, we're, we're just a sort of functional 4-4-2 getting by at the moment. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of quality uh, in those playoff spots at the moment. I mean, Bradford City, they've not been in great form recently. And ever since they lost that 18-month unbeaten home record against Blackburn back in August, uh, they've now lost another five on top of that at Valley Parade, even though they have that incredible fan base there. So, And yet they're fifth. And, and so you look at the, how well the sides at the top, top six spaces have uh, been performing this season. Scunthorpe as well, they travelled to, to Blackburn at the weekend. And uh, I think that'll be a real test for Blackburn because they've been in fantastic form too. That Yeah, you look at Charlton, you look at Oxford and you look at Southend and, and Walsall even. And I, I think they don't have a, a great hope of breaking back into the top six. 
Let's go further down the table. There's quite the gravitational tug on this drop zone. Uh, you've got teams who've uh, picked up a few good results recently, like Gillingham, Oldham, of course, um, Bristol Rovers, who had that, that back-to-back stretch of wins, and there's still only a handful of points out of the relegation zone. Um, who's going to get sucked in? MK Dons, isn't it, really? I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I know it's a battle between them and Wimbledon, uh, as fate would have it, but MK Dons have won one of the last 13 games, and it's, it's abysmal form, and... They, they just look like they're going to get sucked in by, by Northampton at some stage. Rochdale, they've had plenty of relegation battles before and you wonder if Keith Hill's going to be able to, to, to take them out of it this time. Bury looked dead and buried already. Yeah, Even, yeah I can't see Bury coming out of this. And it's a real mess there. They signed 20-odd players over the summer and the bottom of the table and something's gone terribly wrong. Uh, Rochdale, just <clears throat> they, they just have so many days when it doesn't go for them. Um, Keith Hill... And that hard luck stories keep piling up. I think they might be done. And to be honest, Northampton as well. Yeah, you know, they, they had that early new manager bounce under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They've never really been able to sustain it. They've had changes in the background um, as well. I can see the three of them dropping down. Yeah, probably with MK Dons. Joe, are there any uh, anything to look out for at the bottom, or, or are we pretty much on the money here? Uh, yeah. Well. As with the uh, the championship, you've got three teams uh, who are odds on. So, as you said, Berry, Luck, uh, dead and, and buried. Pardon the pun. Um, uh, one to four. Uh, Northampton, two to five. And Plymouth, four to five. Uh, Gillingham, uh, six to five favourites. But it is, uh, sorry, six to five fourth favourites to, uh, to, really? to fill out those four four spots. But it is close. Wimbledon, seven to four. Rochdale, five to two. MK Dons, three to one. I mean, that says it all. Gillingham currently 17th um, with seven points from the last three games. Um, and still no confidence there. Um, but they don't score many. What are the odds for Fleetwood out of interest? Because they've got one win out of nine and they were playoff hopefuls again in October and they've, they've just fallen completely. Uh, they're seven to one to go down. So if you did want, a, 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 again, a little bit of value uh, and you, you think that this uh, poor run of form that they're on at the moment could continue, uh, seven to one uh, certainly isn't the worst bet. Um, but I do think that it, it will be a couple of those teams from the... Uh, from the, the bottom five or six. That, is, there any, go down. is there any hope at Roots Hall for Southend? Um, I take it you're talking, <laughs> talking <laughs> promotion, about promotion, promotion rather than avoiding relegation. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh, so for, for promotion, 33 to 1. Yeah, yeah. That so if you've got, right. you got a £5 check off your nan for, for Christmas and you wanted to turn that into uh, 150-odd quid, then maybe that would be the way to go. Uh, Wigan are going up, aren't they? Yeah, and, and while it looks like a, a bit of a, a close race, certainly closer than the championship, uh, a bit of a close race at the top for the title, uh, we're going to have four points ahead of Shrewsbury, five points ahead of Blackburn, but in the betting, uh, they are one to three with Blackburn, three to one, second favourites, and Shrewsbury all the way out at 16 to one. So as you guys were saying, you can't really see them maintaining this push into the second half of the well, season. I'm not having that. 16 to 1. 16 That's to 1 for Shrewsbury decent. to go up. Uh, to win the league. To win the league. Yeah. What, what, uh, but, what about just to go up? Well, they're odds against to, to go up. So Wigan and Blackburn fill the, the top two spots in the betting at 1 to 25 and 2 to 7. Shrewsbury 2 to 1. I think there are, there's so many competitive sides in that playoff mix, though. Uh, and just outside, you mentioned uh, Portsmouth. Um, and Rotherham as well was one that you, you didn't really touch on, but they've started to put together a, f- a, a few run uh, or a run of uh, a, a few results. Um, and they had a decent start to the season. So if they can maybe continue this run at nine to one at 
for, for promotion. They look decent as well. All right. When we come back, we'll be doing all this again, but for League Two. League Two. Right. Uh, champions, Matt. Easy one. Luton. It's got to be, really, hasn't it? Um, I did, I have to confess, before the show, I did say, oh, I don't know, Notts County. And then Matt showed me their form and, and it actually looks like I've, I haven't been really listening because uh, I haven't won back-to-back league games since... September. September, yeah. So they, they've actually, with that in, in mind, I think they've done very well to build up such a big gap between themselves and third place. Um, so Luton to win the title and Notts County to come second. That's safe, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's pretty yeah, safe. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'll see what isn't safe, and that's everything beneath it. Lincoln City come from... I mean, we were talking about them a couple of weeks ago and how well they were doing, but they're in third. Yeah, this completely shocked me, actually, whenever I, I checked the table. Because they're all so close there, the teams in the, in the third place down to Accrington Stanley, really, in ninth, who, who were in the automatic spots not so long ago, but have lost a couple of games. Lincoln won a few games, and suddenly it's all turned around. Accrington lost four on the spin over uh, over the back end of December. Um, so, yeah, they, they have shot down. Uh, Wickham always seemed to get the point, always seemed to get the goals, mainly because of Adebayo Akifenwa who, as I think Joe was telling us uh, about a month ago, is one of Europe's most effective strikers at his level in scoring goals and creating goals. Colchester is another one I'm, I'm stunned to see up there, and not just because of local rivalries. Four wins in the last six. Yeah, they're a real surprise package, aren't they? Who's doing the stuff there? It's, it's Sammy Smoddix, isn't it, really? The, the attacking midfield, he's got 12 goals for the season and, and seven in eight, really, to inspire that run up into the playoffs. And we've got Mikel Mandron as well. And then in sixth place, Exeter who uh, I believe were on our first show, weren't they? And we were we were very complimentary of Exeter. And we continue to be complimentary about Exeter because they always look better than everyone else. Four defeats in their last six, uh, in their last six and they are down to six. Um, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling confident about them even making the playoffs. No, and they, they had to do it the other way around last season, wasn't it really? It was a slow start and then they built momentum and got into the playoffs and, and reached a playoff final where, where they lost against Blackpool. But this season it's been a great start and, and now it's falling away again. But but you think with Paul Tisdale, he's going to be able to turn that around again and I can see them staying in the playoff spots, to be honest. I think when we come to look for teams who can come from outside and burst in, uh, a very popular choice, I'm sure, will be Steve Evans is Mansfield. Popular? <laughs> he's he's the one everyone everyone just loves. Not even loved hate, just loves. Um, Mansfield, so many reinforcements. Danny Rose um, scoring, well, not quite as many as other people, but but doing very very well. Um, they're a decent side, lacking consistency. If they do get that consistency. Well, they are, they are consistent in that they draw too many games, <laughs> and they, they've only lost five, so they, they've got the uh, the lowest number of defeats outside of the top two. And yeah, like you say, if they can just find those margins with, with Danny Rose in attack, then they they should really be able to push up there. And there was a lot of talk about them being title favourites at the very start yeah. of the season, so it's surprising to see them down there. But I also think that they'll spend a little bit in January as well. Yeah, you always look, I think, to um, to to room room to get better for who's going to do it in the second half of the season. I think there's a lot of room for Mansfield to to get better, and they're only three points off third. Down the bottom, it's just as much of a mess, because you've got teams like Port Vale, who uh, who sacked their manager very early, um, bottom two for a long time. They're up to 17th now. Um, You've got uh, Barnet, who were bottom of the table not long ago. They got one win under Mark McGee, so they're up to 22nd. Poor old Chesterfield, we've been keeping a little eye on with Jack Lester as, as manager. Three defeats on the spin and they're back down to second bottom. 
Yeah, surprising that really, because like you say, we've, we've been watching them and uh, they were playing some nice football and it looked like they were starting to make a recovery and they climbed up out of the uh, the bottom two places for a while, but then they lost at home to Crew the other day and if you're going to lose the sides around you, you really are going to end up in a problem. Forest Green, I don't think have, have ever had quite enough, um, but I think that Crew will go down. I know they've won three in the last six, um, but I haven't been particularly impressed whenever I've seen them and I, I can see them getting sucked down into it. Well, I can't see that happening, and <laughs> okay. not just because it's my, my granddad's team. But we talked last week about how uh, crew play some decent football at times, and, and they've got some good players in that squad like George Cooper. And I think Forrest Green are going to get out of it as well, actually. We, we, Christian Doidge, when you've got a goal scorer like that at the, at the bottom of League Two, that, that can be everything for you. And I think Barnett and Morecambe, I look at Morecambe, and there's been so, so many issues there with the ownership and uh, lack of funds for Jim Bentley and... Uh, and Barnett as well, you know, Mike McGee, uh, Mark McGee's not really brought in the, the balance that everyone would have hoped for. And I think those two are going to slip into the bottom two places. I think Chesterfield and Forest Green will get out of it. Joe, crew to go down. That's the biggest call here. Um, yeah, if, if you look at the, the prices, uh, it is quite a, a bold shout. Crew are 5-1 to one, uh, for relegation. Um, Matt just just said uh, Barnett and Morecambe they're uh, fourth favourites and second favourites for the drop respectively Barnett at 2-1 to one, Morecambe at 11-8 Forest Green they do look like they they have the ability to, to get out of a relegation fight uh, having put together a decent run earlier in the season they're just a shade above evens at 11-10 to 10 to go down but I certainly would be swerving that uh, and Chesterfield 7-4 to four, third favourites yeah looking higher up the table I mean Luton I presume again there's not much value there. No, uh, one to five to win the league. Notts County seven to one. When we talked about uh, Luton and Notts County just before uh, or just after they'd played each other and they played out a draw, um, they were both on the same points and Luton were odds on to win it. I, I suggested maybe swerving Luton at odds on and, and backing Notts County. I think at four to one at the time, but since then Luton have really uh, imposed themselves on the division and opened up a little gap and uh, looked to to have all but sealed. The, the title even at this early stage of the season um, Colchester are probably the most unlikely team to be in the mix at the top what can you get on Colchester to go up he says as a South End fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colchester 5-1 to one, but again it, it's so tight that you actually you, you look all the way down to, to Cambridge maybe in 14th in that division and, and think that if any teams can just put together a little run uh, from the middle of the table that they might be able to get up and into the, the playoff uh, picture um, but uh, Colchester 5-1 to one, but all of the prices apart from uh, Luton, Notts County and then to a lesser extent Lincoln, Coventry, Exeter sharing similar prices at 13-8, at 7-4 and 15-8 to eight. Um, it is then so congested in the betting that you, you, you literally could stick a pin in, uh, in a number of teams and, and one of them could potentially come from nowhere to make it into the playoffs Right, that's just about all we've got time for. Uh, New Year's Eve is swiftly approaching. Matt, what are you up to? I'm going to Nick Miller's house to drink his wine and eat his cheese. That's a fantastic answer. I'm going to a friend's house to do very similar. Though he's not a football journalist, so I won't mention his name. Um, Are you going to a football journalist's house to uh, eat cheese? No, I'm going to a friend's house who's over from Spain. Uh, oh. Just for a few days, uh, and we have quite the evening planned. I think you'll find. Oh, that's uh, intriguing. What are, have you got lined up? We are planning to bring in a, a couple of liters of mulled wine, uh, nice. put on our, uh, our our slippers that we inevitably got at Christmas from our parents, uh, and set up a network game of Football Manager eighteen. What? Yeah. So we are probably going to boot it up around about eleven o'clock in the morning and play 
possibly till 11 o'clock the following morning. Oh, screw my plans. I'm coming over to yours. <laughs> Who are you going to be? Um, we haven't yet decided. He, he did tell don't, me that don't he... Don't be Everton. Don't be Everton. No, we can't so be... Well, bad. my friend is an Everton fan, but let, I think, I think he will want to keep that to himself, his own precious baby, just as I would like to keep my Bolton Wanderers game to myself. So we'll probably pick, you suggested, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. That, uh, that seems quite a good one to, to kick off with. And uh, is Mrs Crilly bringing her laptop? Uh, no, although she is a uh, Sheffield Wednesday fan, so I'm, I'm sure she'll be keen to hear how I'm getting on. Uh, and I will give her hourly updates on New Year's Eve while she is actually out doing something fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. You've, you, you've basically got, got yourselves a pink pass for a New Year's Eve. Yes, very much Standing. so. Uh, and, and New Year's Day, I suppose I will have to make it up to her, so I'll probably take her to the Toby Carvery or something, or maybe up to Scunthorpe <laughs> for a Toby Carvery. You might just be the only sober person in England. <laughs> all right, that is all we've got time for. We will be back on Wednesday, January the 3rd, so keep an eye out for us there. Then after that, we're back to every Tuesday. will be a few changes, of course. There's extra Caroline Barker. There's extra Ali and George from Not The Top 20. But apart from that, the show will mostly remain the same. If you like it, let us know. And, and if you could give us a review, that would also be lovely. It is the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday. The Totally Football League show is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email us at sales at muddyneesmedia.com. <laughs>